Welcome back, everyone. This is Simon Phillips. This is the Lead in the Field podcast where we interview people who are out there making a difference, either under their own efforts or they're supporting others to do things that the rest of us are all going to benefit from either now or in the future. And I'm really delighted that today's guest probably fulfills all of those aspects that I've just talked about. That's Tony Schiller, all the way from Chicago, Illinois. Tony, welcome. It's great to be here. Great to connect with you, Simon. Fantastic. So, Tony, how, how long have you lived in Chicago? I love Chicago, by the way. I haven't been there for too long. I'm dying to get back there soon. I've been in Chicago most of my life. I grew up in the Chicago area. Most of my professional career has been in Chicago. I spent a couple of years working for a basketball team in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was fortunate enough, one, to have that experience, and two, fortunate enough to return to Chicago. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, my my, um, my time out there was with Anderson Consulting, as they used to be known, Accenture now, and that's I think their HQ is in Chicago. It certainly was then. So that, that was yeah. what brought me out there, and I just loved it. I loved the fact that you can get out to the blues bars at any time, and and just immerse yourself in that in that great culture. Um, Tony, it is as I said in the introduction, a, a real delight to have you on the show because I know that you've not only had a really impressive career and you've done a lot of things but you've also now you're now bringing that to life in different ways and i want to explore that with you today and um and and give the listeners the viewers some really interesting insights as to how do you go about leading but how do you also support leaders because i think that's probably some of the challenges that everybody's going to face at some point in their career if they really want to make a difference so why don't you kick us off with a little bit of a potted history, if you like, of some of the things that you've done that will help the listeners start to put into perspective some of the experiences you've had. Okay. I'll try not to take you through too much of a belabored uh, detail by detail, but I, I attended university at University of Illinois. I was a psychology major, and I was fortunate enough to put myself through school uh, by working at campus bars, uh, starting as actually a janitor and moving up to being a bouncer or a doorman, even though I'm not that big in physical stature and was able to rise to bartender and eventually assistant manager and general manager uh, of campus bars, uh, which supported me and allowed me to pay my tuition and and buy food and things. Uh, (laughs) As you can imagine, being in college and being a general manager of a bar, uh, which means I had the keys to the bar, may not have always been the, the best circumstance for a 20, 21, 22 year old young man. So it it took me five plus years to actually graduate University of Illinois. Uh, When I finally did, I was accepted to a graduate program in clinical psychology at Loyola University and realized the summer before school was going to start that I needed some income, I needed money. And I started looking for a job and my experience was bartending. So started to put uh, applications in for a bartending position. And one of the places I applied to was the Chicago Theater, which if you're not familiar with Chicago Theater, it's it's Chicago's version of Carnegie Hall. It's really the ultimate live auditorium for theater and arts and pop and music. And when I put in my application, I received a call right away saying they were looking for an assistant director of food and beverage. It was a full-time position. And I thought this is too cool. What a unique opportunity. The theater was almost closed, was going through a $40 million renovation at the time. And they were leading up towards their reopening. 
and I was going to have an opportunity to be part of that. And I thought I could defer school, which I did, and just have the experience of something iconic in Chicago. And long story short, early on in my position in food and beverage, we had a staff meeting with the entire staff of the theater, which was all of about 12, 14 people. And the general manager said, I've talked to other theaters across the country, including Carnegie, including the Fox Theater, and they're starting to have a manager of promotions and special events. Does anyone want that job? I don't even know what took over me. I, I raised my hand before I even could contemplate what that meant. Yeah. And the GM said, okay, Tony, you're now the manager of special events and promotions. See me after lunch <laughs> and we'll talk about your new responsibilities and your new compensation. And I just was kind of paralyzed with, oh, what does this mean? What am I doing? This is so exciting. So wow. after- I think that must be the, 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 the speediest recruitment process I've ever heard of. <laughs> right, right, right. Who wants uh, the well, job? In, Me, please. <laughs> in basketball, there's an expression, diving for a loose ball. In soccer, it's, it's winning the 50-50s. I dove for that yeah. loose ball without even thinking. So after that meeting concluded, it was lunchtime, I, I went through the stage door of the Chicago Theater down the alley to a little hot dog joint, and I'm walking back to the stage door, and I stopped dead in my tracks in the alley with a bag of hot dogs and fries. And please note that I'm now a vegan, and I think those are my last two hot dogs of my life. I stopped dead in my tracks, and I'm holding my Coke and my dogs in the alley, and I, I had an, an epiphany. I said, I'm now in entertainment marketing. I'm going to use this to get into sports marketing, and one day I'm going to be a partner in a sports marketing agency. And as you know, Simon, that's exactly what's transpired in my career arc. And from that moment, I used that vision, that North Star to guide every interaction, every potential opportunity, every engagement. Is this going to accelerate, accelerate me towards that North Star? So from the Chicago theater, I got into music marketing. I worked for the biggest concert promoter in Chicago, Jam Productions, uh, where I helped them launch sponsorship because sponsorship really wasn't a construct in the marketing world back then. Yeah. Spent a couple of years building up their sponsorship department uh, across about 125 concerts a year. From there, I was recruited to the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's why I went to Cleveland, uh, where I worked for a basketball team, leading sponsorships and promotions and partner relationships. Was there for a couple of years, was recruited to come back to Chicago and work for a professional hockey team, the Chicago Wolves. Uh, where I led sales and marketing for about three years. And at the end of that three-year run, uh, a good friend of mine who had been with the Chicago Bulls for 13 years asked me to lunch. We had lunch, and he said, I'm leaving the Bulls. And I said, what are you talking about you're leaving the Bulls? You just won your fourth championship. You're moving into this amazing new arena. What are you talking about? And he said, I'm launching my own agency. I want you to join me. And I, I said, simply, why? He said, I want to have a better quality of life. I want to make more money. And I want to create a culture where everyone can have a better quality of life and make more money. And I said, I'm in. So I spent the last 28 years helping to yeah. build and lead and develop uh, the culture and the operation of Paragon Marketing Group. And uh, that brings us to today. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm not going to let you get away with that epiphany moment. That, come on, what was, what did that feel like as a young man, you know, as you say, you've just 
dived for a 50-50 chance and you've, and you've got that job, where do you think, even if it's on reflection, where did the epiphany come from? I mean, did you know anything about that career path? Did you know anybody that had ever done that? What was it you think led you to, to that point? It's fascinating, Simon, to, to, to think back on that moment because in that moment, I literally, when I, when I shared that I, I stopped dead in my tracks in the alley, I'm in downtown Chicago. There's trains overhead going by. There's traffic on other sides of the alley. There's people coming. I'm literally dead in my tracks, holding hot dogs and fries in the left hand, Coke in the right hand, and everything stopped. It was is like a scene in a movie where yeah. the only thing that I could process was that communication to me. And I don't know if that communication was from within or that communication was my guides giving me that direction. But mm. I mean, that, that is the, the heart of, of an epiphany is you're just present with that, that moment, that those thoughts. So that, that's what happened in that moment. Yeah. Wow. That's just fantastic. So you had this career in sports marketing and then you had this career that took you through to more about, as you say, helping people to fulfill the vision of your friend who came out of the, the bulls. Did that feel like a, an easy flow between those two two activities or you know was it obvious how the two connected or did that fit, was that a big leap for you at that stage in your career so one constant in my life has been that of a playmaker helping people get into the right position to find an area where they can see and then ultimately helping them succeed individually and collectively i started out athletically i was a point guard in basketball i was the one who was helping others yeah the ball in the hoop. I was a, a catcher in baseball. I was directing the field. Even in the bars in college, where a lot of it was just let's have fun and consume a lot of alcohol and do what college kids do, but I was also trying to put people in, in a place where they could succeed and feel like they had empowerment uh, within the construct of that small enterprise. And then professionally, uh, whether it was in entertainment marketing or music marketing or sports marketing, and then being part of a marketing agency, my focus has always been on helping others succeed. How can yeah. Taco Bell invest in this entertainment venue and use this to drive more traffic, more sales, build awareness in a particular market of the country? And in doing so, I'm helping the regional marketing director succeed and therefore I'm helping the CMO succeed. I'm helping my staff succeed. So I, I think that that ethos was part of, of my DNA before I understood it. Yeah. Wow. And I think the nice thing about having a career, if you like, that, that, full, that seems to be aligned with our values is that it can feel on a day-to-day -day basis almost effortless. I mean, has that been your experience? <laughs> I guess it's a dichotomy. Work is hard. That's why they call it work. And working with humans and working with a lot of humans is challenging. There's so many dynamics, there's so many agendas and egos. And finding a way to weave together all of those agendas and all of those personal and professional needs and egos and coming up with great ideas and figuring out how you can implement and execute those big ideas, all of that is hard. 
but all of it has come easy to me. I've, I've been able to stay true to myself and my values and my priorities, my authenticity. And even though things are hard, um, it's made it easy when I knew that I had that foundation in place. Yeah, that makes sense. So what would you think were the biggest lessons you learned along the way from that person stood there with the dogs and the, and the, and the Coke at the stadium to the person who's there advising, you know, some of the biggest names in, in business and sport. Um, you know, what, what, what did you, what do you think were the biggest things you learned along the way that ensured that, you know, you were able to give of your best as you, as you, you know, as you operated in those fields? That's a big question. You expect an answer for 30 seconds. (laughs) We'll edit it later. It'll sound like you just went like that. (laughs) I'll give you a few thoughts of uh, what what comes to mind with with that question. Uh, One is Mm. frequently we, we don't define what success looks like prior to execution. So what do we want to achieve? Mm. How are we going to measure? What are, what are the, the priorities? And again, I always think about individuals and organizations. So what is what are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to achieve? How are we going to measure it? What are those priorities? And, and then something that I, I've realized a long time ago is we all have unique capacities. We all have gifts, capabilities. It's important that people are comfortable exercising their gifts and their capabilities. And I've tried very hard along the way to try and remove uh, vulnerability so people are comfortable, they feel safe, and they can perform at their best without the hangups of ego, imposter syndrome, feeling vulnerable, the more you can allow people to just be themselves, the more you're going to see their their best performance. Yeah. And when you say allow people to be themselves, what what are the most important aspects of that? Is it well I won't I won't, you know, give you any options there. I'll just leave that with you. What what do you think are the things that in um people need to focus on, if you like, to be themselves? Well Essentially, what I've done my entire career is I've been a part of organizations that are solution providers, idea mm. creators. How do we take this idea and bring it to life? And, you know, to my example earlier, how do we help Taco Bell sell more tacos? How do we help United Airlines sell more airline tickets? How do we help PNC Bank have people feel better about them as a bank than their competition? And I've encouraged people that no one has ownership on the best ideas. Just because someone's been doing this for 20 or 30 years, just because someone has more gray in their hair, that doesn't mean that they have the best ideas or the best ideas in the moment. Mm. And you need to create an environment, a culture, where everybody feels comfortable contributing ideas, everybody feels comfortable challenging history, everybody feels comfortable challenging strategy, so they know that their ideas are appreciated and welcomed. And sometimes the 23-year-old yeah. in the room has the best idea. It needs to be refined for this company's strategy and realities and direction. But if that 23-year-old felt like, I can't talk in this meeting because there's four people with 20 years plus of expertise, certainly they have the right idea, the best idea. 
So creating that environment where everybody knows that they're part of the process and they can contribute. And then also building an environment where people can express and communicate and act in their own natural way. I can't tell you how many 20-somethings have come into the business and they immediately start trying to communicate communicate like they're a 40-something. And we have to help them understand, talk like a 22-year-old. We can always polish that up, mm-hmm. but if you try and talk like a 42-year-old, we may not grasp your ideas. So be yourself, yeah. communicate as you do, and let us take your great idea and we can, as necessary, refine and enhance. But stop trying to conduct yourself like you're a 47-year-old who's been doing this for 25 years. You're not. And that's what's cool about you. Yeah, I love that. We were we were working with a client recently that, and that the whole project was all about psychological safety, which is that piece, as you said there, around can that 22-year-old speak up? Do they feel it's safe enough for them to just express themselves and, and contribute? And without that, we, we, we squash so much great creativity and innovation in organizations because we're, we're relying only on the people who've been around for a long time. And guess what? They've, they've got a lot of experience that they're just continuing to repeat unless they're exposing themselves to all of that great stuff. So yeah, I, I love that. So Tony, I know that that's not what you're doing today. So um, give us a little insight into what you've done with all that experience and, and what are you what are you enjoying doing today? Great question. So about a year ago, my former partners at Paragon bought my equity. So I transitioned from a partner, an equity partner to an employee. So um, I spend part of my time engaged on Paragon business and, and helping to drive business and impact clients and, and the projects that we create for our clients. I spend a lot of time internally at Paragon uh, helping to mentor and, and, and helping younger staff navigate their professional path and sometimes their, their life path as well. But I'm also supporting and advising um, several startups, mostly in the sports industry or the health and wellness space. I'm also an investor in Forma Capital, which is a new venture fund in the health and wellness space. I'm doing a little bit of coaching. Uh, that is all uh, developed organically. I didn't uh, decide I wanted to be a coach. I've had people approach me and ask if I would serve in that capacity with them uh, on their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, I spent a lot of time on my, my journey, um, trying to connect to my authenticity, my higher self, put myself in a position where I'm more aware, uh, moving more towards joy, uh, whatever that may mean for me in that moment. Uh, and the more I can connect with my authentic self, the more I can share that energy with others and, and, and help them on their path, whether it's life path or professional path. Yeah. It seems to be that the connection for me and what I heard there and what you used to do is, is that desire to help people be their authentic self. And, and I know that that, as you say, that's what you're tuning into for yourself. And, you know, and you've got this ca- capacity now to take some time to really do that. For people who are in the middle of their careers, if you like, and anticipating what they might want to do next, do you have any any thoughts that that you would pass on to them in terms of what they what would they would get real value out of prioritizing along the way? So... 
two things that I've given a lot of thought to lately and I've been sharing with others. Uh, one is when people think about their career paths and their, their next position, their next job, I, I really challenge people to think a lot less about the company that they're going to go work for, the title that they're going to have, even the responsibilities. I, I challenge them to think about the culture and how people interact and how they want to feel when they have a good day. What does that feeling feel like? How are they going to feel? What do they want to feel when they're successful on a project? Really get to the intangibles, and that's very difficult. It's easy to say, I want to be a director of X, or I want to be a vice president yeah. of X. I want to make mm -hmm. this much in salary and then that much. I, I, all that will take care of themselves, but how do you want to feel how do you want to interact as a teammate? How, how do you want that organization to impact your life? Is it a big company, a small company, a public company, a private company? All of those intangible questions. And then the other question, and it's related to all of this that, that I'm asking people a lot lately is, where are you getting joy? Where is joy coming from in your life? Do you get joy professionally? Do you get joy when you're succeeding? Do you get joy when you're interacting with your team, with your boss, your subordinates? Where is joy in your life? Because if if you don't have joy in the equation, the equation is flawed. So, yeah, I love that. So, how about you, Tony? Where do, where do you get your joy at the moment? Well, you just said it. At almost every moment, I can find joy. Uh, that that's that's the gift, and that's what I'm trying to do. So. Whether it's conversing with you now, whether it's taking my dog for a walk, which I'll do in a few minutes, whether it's engaging with somebody, it's it's being wholly present in that moment. And, and it may sound trite and corny to some, but truly being present allows me to connect to my best energy and allows me to share that with you. And sharing my best energy with you allows you to feel great in that moment. Yeah, fantastic. Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today and, and just explore the way you perceive not just the commercial world in which you used to operate, but how you can draw the best out of the, that environment, if you like, to enhance your own story and enhance your own existence. Um, but nobody gets off the Leading the Field podcast without sharing a track that really inspires them or, or has helped them along their way. And we add that to the to the playlist. So what would you like to contribute, Tony? What a question. So one of my favorite tracks of all time, um, because it's it's passionate, it's emotional, it's reaching out for connection. It's even more important to me now um, as the artist passed away recently, which is um, the song or the track is Troy and the artist is Sinead O'Connor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and what is it about that track more than any other, if you like, that, that really gets to you? There's so much passion uh, and, and, and self-awareness and determination and honesty. It's, it's a really, really moving track. There's so much to it. I've probably listened to it hundreds of times in my life and gotten different things in different moments. Uh, and, mm. and just like Sinead, you know, Sinead, Sinead had so many iterations of, of her her persona, her brand, um, but it was always made up of a passion and art. And she was so fierce with everything she did. So um, that that track to me really um, 
is illustrative of, of, of who she was as an artist. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I can absolutely, from a personal perspective, I can absolutely endorse your um, your choice there. I, I just think this is just a superb record. So thanks for choosing that one. And again, thank you for, for being my guest here today, Tony. If anybody's interested in getting in touch with you, we'll, you know, we'll put the details in the, um, in the notes as well. But if there's, is there anything else you'd like to say before you head on down the road with your dog? <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed it, Simon, and, and to your point, certainly anyone that wants to reach out to have a conversation, if I can be a resource in any way, uh, that's what I'm here for. So appreciate the conversation and, and look forward to hearing from people. Wonderful. Thank you, Tony. You've been listening to Leading the Field here with Simon Phillips and my special guest, Tony Schiller. I hope you found that inspiring and insightful, and we'll see you right back here again next time. Take care. <laughs>